0: My name is Steven, and I play the Gnome Ranger, Alric Orman, a squadron leader in the Isitalian Warden Scout. You're listening to Advantage.
1: episode of number 040 our heroes met with elders Fallhide and Yesric to discuss the oncoming storm they've kept mum about the army approaching and are at a loss for a plan to get the protected remnants within the safety of Letrus proper they took attendance of their threats the zealous East Italians led by elders Cyanadel and Melame, the Tempest Oath an army tied to the veneration of the spirit Stormhawk The presiding druid and his young oak who together lead the Rock of Visions and a military force. The stakes are high. Lives depend on the decisions made by our heroes. And that's where we'll pick up. Okay. So you're you're coming out of this meeting and are, are like setting up camp and all that. Auric, Elder Fallhide at some point takes you aside and says, "I, I didn't I didn't really want to ask this when we were all together, but w- what happened to Real's face?"
0: The aforementioned hag that we encountered, well, she uh, she did that to him. He was captured and in our attempt to get him free that happened and as you can clearly see he d- doesn't feel terribly good about it
1: yeah okay uh i'll i'll be sensitive to that then thank you um Warlinde, is it correct to assume that you would probably go say good night to your folks while you're in this same place together
2: oh yeah yeah just like saying hi and then walking away definitely wasn't enough earlier yeah so good i'm gonna go
1: waiting yeah. waiting nearby uh, on the trail as you leave the tent where uh where you had the planning session do you see a familiar face this isn't your parents this is somebody that you weren't expecting it's the face of one of your oldest friends uh Kytomo, who lived next door to you growing up he had been stationed as an ambassador somewhere east during the burn, and both of his parents had been killed. You remember seeing their shell of a home when you stopped in East of Talos. He's strong, obviously a soldier, with short, trimmed hair and broad shoulder. He says, Morlinde, I'm, I'm so glad you're alive. I came as soon as we got word in Great Bear. Are you okay? What's going on?
2: Well, um, we're about to not be okay. I'm fine. Wait, what do you mean you came as soon as you got word? You came as soon as you got word of what? Of the burn. Oh, right. Wow. How far away is Great Bear?
1: Uh, I don't know. Five or six days. Alright. Uh, here, here's what you know about Great Bear and what you can remember. Um, it's, Great Bear itself is a singular mountain in the east. Mm-hmm. It's deep in the woods. Uh, it's named for the protector spirit who defends the watched forest from the tunnels Uh, underneath that go to the underdark and the elemental chaos
2: oh yeah 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 yeah. all right that's true so are you here taking care of um the protected remnants
1: i've been spending a lot of time in letras proper actually uh but but yes i've brought a lot of supplies and aid with me from the fortress and i'm now volunteering as a weaver in order in order to produce more canvas for the refugees here these people need help
2: that's true. Uh, what have you been doing in Letrus?
1: Mostly pulling up and drying the flax seed and uh, helping prepare it to be sent to um, the canvas makers.
2: That's great, but I feel like at this point... Uh, I don't know, I'm just frustrated that our people are doomed to be a tent city. And I, I wasn't expecting to see them in this state.
1: Me either. It's, but Letrus doesn't really have... Like the the infrastructure, it's not ready to, yeah, to take it's in. Yeah, taking all of these. How people. many how many people are here? Three thousand. Yeah. Not to mention the dwarves. That's it's a huge influx of people that the city's just not ready for. Yeah. So for now.
2: Well, I have more bad. Eventually, news. I'm sure they'll get in. Yes. Oh. Um. So remember, uh, everyone who ran off in the other direction. Oh, you weren't there, right? Um, so, right. the Protected Remnants, we, and by we I mean they, because I wasn't with them at the time, fled to Letrus for safety after the burn, whereas another 3,000 followed Elder Cyanadel to Rock of Visions, where they met up with a bunch of zealots, and they're on their way now to attack us for not being, well, basically for being the reason that the burn occurred which is mm. still pretty crazy because that's yeah that's not why it happened but here we are so I could really use your uh, support and tactical knowledge if you have any
1: my primary station is support for the soldiers rather than being an actual soldier myself I mean um,
2: that's important though
1: it is could which you... is why I am aiding with the canvas makers
2: yeah could you help us prepare for the oncoming whatever is coming. I was gonna say absolutely. storm, but I feel like that's too much. That's too a little, little bit too on the head. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, ab- abs- absolutely. Um, your your parents, by the way, are letting me stay with them, which is very sweet. Oh
2: yeah, they're great. Um, 10 out of
1: 10. Would 10 out of again. parent.
2: 10 great parents. Would parent again?
1: Would be their child again.
2: <laughs> Actually, I was just going to go see them and check on them. No,
1: well, we can both walk that way. Sounds
2: fantastic.
1: Right and early,
3: going, going to get some breakfast.
1: Yeah. yeah. Let me pull up the breakfast page. Ah, the breakfast page. I love that movie. <laughs> Classics. Right? Class. Here it is. Who all's in this group that's gone with you? Lars, you said that you're getting up bright and early, but what is what does that mean exactly? Is that bef- like at dawn or is that like 9 o'clock when everybody else is moving to uh,
3: I, I imagine considering the heaviness of the situation and the fact that they don't know that I'm going to go do something not necessarily related to mm-hmm. planning and survivability um, I would imagine I would try to wake up before everyone else and, it, and if someone else happens to wake up okay. then I would use the pretext of Figured I'm going to send the message to Kronk Try.
1: What's what's your passive stealth? I was gonna what's, your, say, what's your just natural dex plus 10? And then everybody else give me perception checks.
0: Because I was going to have Auric be awake.
1: They didn't really sleep much through the okay. night. Yeah, we'll, we'll say but that. But I crit failed, so Auric. whatever. <laughs> Uh, dozed off. Yeah, you finally dozed off.
0: Everybody else? Uh,
2: 11. I
0: dozed off for literally just the amount of time that it takes Al- Alaris to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> I away. love it.
4: I rolled a D12 the first time and got like a 5, but when I rolled my D20, I got a 1.
1: <laughs> Bummer. Uh, yeah, you two have been working very hard, and despite auric's best efforts, you and,
4: and Melinda's at her parents' house tent. did fall
2: Oh, uh yeah, they did give me a place to stay. What do you want to do? Father. I mean,
1: your, your parents are used to you being away.
2: Yeah, I probably just went and said hi and then went back to sleep. They Later. love you
1: very much and understand mm-hmm. that you have your you have your duty to attain to. Duty. Um,
4: duty.
0: I was wondering if somebody was nice. going to do it.
1: <laughs> the elders did not roll well, so yeah, you managed to get out without being super noticed. Cool. So I was going to he-
3: head towards the, the place we were supposed to meet, I guess. I don't actually know if we had a specific time in mind or anything
1: like that. We'll say that you have a uncanny sense of time you have yes you have an uncanny sense of time uh it's an elf thing i guess um you remember the name of the place
3: i remember it was this the summer yep
1: as you're as you're getting up in the morning what you saw from the presiding druid's ridge you now see in front of you as you draw closer into the city of healing land on either side of the charmed river grows crops wheat potatoes hemp flax etc small granaries and tool sheds pepper the area and ahead you can see this waterfall, the Cascade of Spirits, spraying mist as water thunders over the bluff and into the pool below. Behind it you can see an over the overhang of rock which creates the healing baths that Letrus is monikered for. A pair of staircases are carved into the cliffside connecting the valley that you're in to the city above. The streets of Letrus uh, after you walk up the the stairs are paved with cobblestone and wide enough for two carts to pass. The folks milling around here uh, early this morning are primarily wood elves with occasional humans and half elves and one or two dwarves. You pass by a few shops and taverns and Alaris you finally find the the sign for the Summer Hook which is a small cafe with seating out in the street uh, under the awning. This, the summer hook is full of activity this morning all but one or two tables outside on this patio are full and the sun is hidden behind the awning above you you see Mei Lin there uh, sitting already waiting for you she waves and motions you over um, you sit and an elf man with a brown apron appears uh, delivering two glasses and a glass pitcher of water uh, saying oh uh, good morning Mei Lin. Uh, They share smiles and laugh, and he kisses the top of her head. Uh, My name is Lauren. He offers his hand for you to shake. Alaris. Alaris. Coffee, Uh, tea, juice? Tea. Excellent. Uh, Eventually, Lauren uh, returns with the drinks, and he says, uh, This morning, we're serving a bowl of creamy cinnamon rice. What sort of berries would you like in it? Uh, Blue? Blue it is. That's her favorite, too, he says, uh pointing down at mei and they laugh, and he goes and fetches it. (laughs) Thanks for coming to meet me this morning. Anytime. Well, thank you for inviting me. (laughs) Yeah, uh... She's she's real smiley and (laughs) really giggly. It's cute. (laughs) What, Steven? This is going to be every bit as fun as
0: I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Um. Now Zach has to try
1: and flirt with Joe. <laughs> I mean, f- Joe flirting with Zach is pretty on par for my normal relationship with him. You, you uh, we're, flirt with, we're, with Zach? Yes. <laughs>
3: Sorry, Mom. So, do you uh, you frequent this um
1: breakfast place? <laughs> so you come here often? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying. I
2: might need to mute myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's funnier if you stay if you stay on on the call and I can hear all your little snickers and laughs.
4: <laughs> we should all have like rings of calling, like fun into this date. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: yeah I do. Um, Lauren is is one of my partners and he can get me discounts whenever, and so. I choose to come here quite right. frequently. Definitely yeah. makes sense. It's because of Lauren, by the way, that we're getting this meal faux free. What? Full free? Yeah, it's great. Faux free. That's awesome. <laughs> so last night, you last night you were, you said that you were from from where was it? The, where in the Pandemonium did you? The have? Azure Key. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's where Leovold is is from too uh unfortunately
3: yes that is where he is from Also, (sighs) sort of i mean he technically heals from the springwood but it's it's basically the same i'm
1: honest to goodness i just really hate that guy i'm not comfortable being alone with him but damn it if i don't want to learn how to blade sing though even if it's him that teaches me you are coming today right Uh uh yeah, He's I'm planning on it. You are. Oh, good. We gotta show him up one way or the other. God, I hope you do. I hope you just totally tear him to shreds, figuratively. So, I how guess. did? How did you? J- I
0: guess. And, hey, Zach. Um, slash, yeah. Jeff, this is like out of all this, and you can cut this out later. Um, so you know, clearly, clearly, this person is Polly. Um, and you, as a human, Zach, the person has some experience with this, but like, does Elaris? And if not, it is absolutely. Not a strange thing for Alaris to like ask a couple of questions about it. Just food for th- like I don't know I don't know how are you I don't know how you are I'm not trying to tell you how to play this I'm just saying like you can you can ask questions No yeah
1: that this is a a great way to uh to talk about this out of character um and we can pretend that like in this median time uh y'all are just chatting and having a a, a good a good day. old time a good a good breakfast conversation eventually uh. Lauren comes back with your uh, creamy cinnamon rice with blued berries in it. Let's talk about this out of character. Okay, what, what are we talking about? Stephen brought up what experiences does Alaris have, if any, with polyamory? Because, like,
0: he is very clearly running smack into it. Like, he just met a. Like, he is on a date and met her partner, and, like, this is. Who's
1: buying the food? <laughs> yeah, like.
0: This is not normal for a lot of people But I don't know Alaris' life
3: Alaris would I think consider himself More on the monogamy Side Than the polyamorous side Overall But I'm going to build some lore I'm going to say that in general Elven culture Is more open to that sort of thing At least Mm -hmm. Elven culture where, Where Alaris is from
1: Mm-hmm. And you did kind of g- grow up in a non-traditional elven situation. Right.
3: I would assume that he is open to the idea, would not be opposed to it, but in general, being raised by his human mother, he tends more toward the monogamy side of things, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. How much of this do we need to skirt around between uh, Sarah, you, and Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What are your thoughts, having been in a poly relationship. I mean or in poly relationships. Is
0: I was going to say it's it's interesting to hop right in like that in terms of Yeah. of uh it's not necessarily a bad thing. I I say interesting on purpose um because like mm-hmm. in my limited experience
2: Yeah, there's been some easing in.
0: Yeah, but like I kind of like this like jumping in head first thing where it's just like kablam, there it is.
3: Yeah. It's actually kind of funny joe that this is uh-huh. the partner or whatever that you chose yeah. for Laura to have an encounter with because i actually had a real life experience that is basically this exact same thing happened not too no long way. ago <laughs> um Please tell us that story um, it was it was about six months ago or so but um there was still when i was still working at Myswell. but there was this girl yeah. who kept coming up there and then we started talking going on dates and stuff and hanging out um, but she was polyamorous and had a, her best friend who she was also in like a polyamorous relationship and another guy that she was in a polyamorous relationship with Where are and these he would come up to the store more friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then we didn't really work out, but then I started having a pseudo relationship with her friend that was also in the poly relationship and got, <laughs> and then it was just crazy and now that's all over, but it is funny that I had a very similar Real life experience to what you're putting my character through in this campaign.
1: I was totally unaware of that. <laughs> How did you discover the poly side of this relationship? Like, did it. Oh, I was mean. Was it very much like. I, oh, were, by the way. Yeah, they were open with it. Totally open upfront about, about it. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like you okay. have to be, right? Yeah. Yes. It, does that. Experiencing okay. Yeah, that's that's that's
2: how that works. And
1: in my
0: experience, that's that's better is to be upfront about it because there are gonna be people who aren't down for that, and that's fine. And it's it's honestly just better to like let them know that ahead of time before you discover that they're wonderful and that they also don't want to date you. Yeah. Like if you're gonna be categorically rejected, you need to get that out of the way pretty quickly. My my opinion
3: on the situation as being someone like my like I'm basically i'm just recreating the experience i had in real life with it like i wouldn't even mind being in a polyamorous relationship with somebody as long as i feel like because in, in my opinion on it if, if you're a polyamorous person in your relationship you're fully able to devote yourselves to multiple people and as long as i feel like i am being in the relationship then i wouldn't mind necessarily being in, involved in something like that if you if you get what i mean yeah okay.
2: that's like the point of it Right. Exactly. It's not. It's unsustainable, and that's not acceptable for anyone.
3: Right. So I think that. I mean, that's what I presented as. I'm not a polyamorous person, but I accept that you are, and we can go with that, and we can see how it goes. That was. That was my response to the situation. Jesse,
1: any thoughts? You have been rather silent. You appear to be working on something.
4: I was just making sure all my ACs were in order, but I had a. I went like an. A couple dates with someone who was married and was poly but i only like met their spouse once in passing when he was like getting up to go to work so like i don't have too much experience with it that eventually fizzled out
0: i I do find it interesting though that both of you have had this experience because like for me when i started this whole polyamory thing i had not actually met anybody doing it yeah there was
2: nobody
0: I, I began this idea a long time ago, a little, little history about me for the listeners. Um, back when I was married, th- my wife at the time and I t- encountered this idea uh, and started to explore it. We l- learned a lot of lessons the hard way about it, but like it wasn't... It wasn't something people around us were doing, so like the fact that the y- that's like you have casually come into contact with it, I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, Cause like surprisingly, I don't like I. D- I haven't run into a whole <laughs> lot of. Just yeah. like being active in it. <laughs> like it's like, I I wasn't kidding earlier despite when I like despite your best efforts when even when I said like <laughs> where are all the poly people at because I want friends because I, I don't have, like, a lot of people to talk to about it that understand. And so, like, I- I ironically, it can feel kind of lonely. <laughs> uh, but I do, I do find it really interesting that you guys have separately had, like, these encounters and they weren't, like,
1: totally bizarre out of left field for you.
4: <laughs> Man, Tinder's a wild place. No, yes. I mean, t- I didn't do <laughs> <place. and> Tinder, <laughs> but...
1: So okay. how, mu- how much of this conversation needs to be uh, left on the cutting room floor? I don't care. Yeah. Okay. That's fine, up to you. Know. Yeah, it's fine with me. I I did,
0: and I All didn't right. mean to like totally derail everything. I've just known, that, like in my experience, when I, any I bring up or the idea gets brought up, and I am around a person like somebody else, basically every time, they immediately ask a few questions, and so like, that, how can
2: you possibly do that? Yeah,
0: and the 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 yeah. thing I hear most is, that's cool for you, but I just couldn't share. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. uh, well the,
2: the thing that I like to add is, did I ask? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Which, that's fair, but, like, that's the thing I hear the most. I don't know. There's, there's always a couple of questions that people will ask. The questions vary, but, like, I guess folks are just nosy. That That's the only reason I, I thought to say something to you guys about it, because, like, that's been my experience. So I, I found it interesting that uh, Alaris's character right. wasn't doing, that. and
3: I think that, um, like even back in college, like me and you had had conversations about you being polyamorous, and I think that just being introduced to it before, just being talking to someone in relationshipy wise, finding out, and being like, "What is this thing?" and having already sort of formed ideas in my head of like what that could be and what it could mean, helped whenever that situation happened to me in real life for
1: me too knowing your history with it and I, I remember like sitting in a car from we with you i think we'd like got back from getting lunch together or something but like you you told me about your experience with it like really helped break the ice like conceptually in my head that allowed like oh yeah okay this is a thing now this is a, this is to, it, it created a new normal for me yeah um which I, I agree with you zach had that idea been offered to me in a moment where i was totally unexpected or it was like a conceptually new thing for me it would be a different story
3: right yeah i, I 100% agree like not to say that i'm not an understanding individual or whatever but you know it's, it's just something that i don't know you know the
0: first time i came into contact with the idea i was definitely like but how does that make sense at all because it's just so, yeah. You know, we live in <laughs> in, in such a strong monogamy culture, which monogamy is fine, um, but like that's sort of touted in in our culture as like the only way it works and the way it works. And so running it, running into it, you know, well, and running into it as like a legitimate relationship format and not just like a kink, basically, you know, like yeah. Not, not that but there's anything like I'm not trying to kink shame anybody. I'm just saying like most people if you even mention it they they assume you're talking about some kind of like group sex scenario um or some kind of something like that versus like a legitimate relationship setup
3: but what what I think is neat about it is that it's all about communication and I feel like in a successful polyamorous relationship it's a very 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 healthy relationship and I think that that's amazing like for it to work it means that it really works
1: i I, I want to commit to the audience here that that is what I'm trying to uh, exemplify to my best ability uh, f- by introducing Mei Lin and Lauren and uh, Reese, who's the other partner that has yet to be named here, um, as other NPCs in this story. I And I, I want to help promote a healthy idea of a poly relationship in a public median and i i've tried to do research I, like i have had very long conversations with cast members about like how how can we perform not perform this well but <laughs> but i guess it is a performance um what needs to happen and what doesn't need to happen uh f- for it to be a healthy relationship um again which is what i'm trying to do here i am committing at this point that may landlord and reese are not going to be like plot hooks they aren't collateral yeah, uh, for something later. Yeah, they're not
2: just going to die later because you need. Yeah, to they're kill. not going to
1: be killed. Yeah. They might be killed, but, like, they, they are not being introduced in the story to be killed. Yeah, they're
2: not your standard um, murdered lesbian trope.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. W- which, by the way, brings up what I was trying to do with uh, Marge and... Nixby. Agreed. I tried to get them back together, not separated apart forever. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite moments in this podcast. So, all that aside... I'm, I think I'm going to use that as a as a, as that our conversation as a like stand in for the date happens and it's good mostly to like wrap it up and not have to role play at all as <laughs> as fun as that might be for me and Malin is is very interested in your stories of of travel, Alaris, and like how how you came to to the Watch Forest and what life was like uh, back in the Pandaminion where she's never been before she she's been around the watch forest a lot right she's she's been to and into greenfields and meridi and barricade and fish camp but has never exited the watch forest and is is fascinated by the perceived worldliness that that you bring does that make sense yeah you also learn that she's been with lauren for three years and uh with reese who is a weaver working on, uh working with the canvas makers, who's been working overtime recently, trying to produce canvas for about nine months. And I guess with that, we can fade to black for that scene. Sound good? Yeah, sure. Hey, Francis, Joe. Uh, This is episode 041 of Advantage, the final part of this art is so much fun to do and the cast and I are actually recording the finale the night that this episode will be released and I am so nervous. (laughs) Um, We've been recording this campaign for a year and eight months. I I still don't know as of now the fate of the protected remnants. Shoutouts to our Patreon supporters for making the show possible and loving us enough to keep offering their financial support we love all of them and show that by our, our reward perks those pledging $5 a month get to do hangouts and chats as we record and $10 and up donors get to stay on the call for the actual recording itself they'll also get to witness the inebriated recording of our sloppy side quest series that we're calling disadvantage next week Yesy will be DMing that rowdy session and we're finally going to be recording that after like about a year of delays. (laughs) If you want to see that live and unedited, we could use your support. So much work has gone into the production of this show for you, and we want to make sure that it's an even more incredible experience for you next arc. If you're feeling generous, if you love the show, if you want us to do a better job at it, it would be a great deal of help if you could contribute over at patreon.com slash advantage dnd or find a link at our website. In other news, Jazz from the Misadventures is still making progress on editing that Switch series she ran with Sheriff O'Marsho and Sully and Kayla from Hefron's Roll. That episode will be going up on the HFR feed uh, after their season four airs. It is like just now starting to be released, and that's incredible. The teaser went up last week on their feed. And I was so stoked for it. I'm into PC in the story. I can vouch for how good it is. Sully has done a lot of work in putting it together, and I can't wait for it all to go live. Follow them for more updates at How Friends Roll. Uh, likewise, our handle for everything under the sun is at Advantage D&D. Because we're entering the finale of Arc One, we're going to be doing a mailbag episode at its conclusion. Uh, you still got plenty of time to start thinking about all the questions that you might have for the cast about the world and their characters. we love all of it you can send those to our facebook twitter or our email advantage dnd at gmail.com patreon members of the 10 and up tier are invited to record with us as we discuss the show the story and the arc and whatever the hell else if you can donate at patreon.com and pretty please leave us a review on apple podcasts that really helps us all right let's get back to the show. Thank you. Everybody is woken up and We're all woke. you're all woke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elder Fallhide comes over and says, So, how do we w- wait? Where's Alaris?
2: Where, that's a good question. I, I,
0: I couldn't have dozed off for more than about 30 <laughs> seconds. Where did he go? <laughs> Never mind. Let's assume uh, you, he's doing he's uh, probably d- He's probably contacting Erica Try. That's what he talked about yesterday. He's probably contacting Eric Try.
1: Yeah, let's assume um, that's what he's doing. <laughs> That, that can only make sense. Alaris is Alaris wouldn't do something crazy like go on a date or something like that. That's very not Alaris. We haven't even found the time um, to meet someone. Like we've, we've been here one. Night. Presiding Druid, how do we want to go about doing this?
2: Um, the conversation with the wise
1: later, yes, but more of a right now thing. How do we want to go about telling the protected oh. remnants about? I have a suggestion. The whole thing.
2: That'd be great because yes. I purposefully Auric? I purposefully. I waited thinking about that until the morning, and here I am with, with no more thoughts on it. We <laughs> know that we're going
0: to need some preparations done. I think we should find the people who are going to be in charge of doing those preparations. For instance, we're going to need lots of bows and arrows. We need somebody to make those. Like, Even though we haven't uh-huh. necessarily gotten in contact with our person running the cast we will need you know, masons. We will need... Woodworkers, Like, we'll need these people. So we should get them set up to be prepared to run these stations that we're going to be doing. And then inform their everybody else so that they can start work with their, you know, whoever they're going to do.
1: Okay. So you're saying that we should find, the word that comes to mind is sect. But, like, the, the group leaders yeah, who will be in charge for this so that we can.
0: Community leaders and okay. craftsmen who are going to be leading the
1: charge in making what we need anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, I like that plan. Yeah, I do too. I think that's a good start.
1: And we're gonna fade to black on that scene, and we're gonna assume that that is what you do. Uh, so, what all people are you gathering? You're, you said masons, woodworkers, fletchers. Um,
0: we need uh, to everybody. Like, we need to we need to be able to pool basically all of our resources. So, like the major craftsmen and any anything. We should engage everyone because yeah. sitting around and thinking about imminent doom is the worst thing to do, but giving everybody at least something to do will will make everybody feel, it'll give everybody hope.
1: Grimton, are you gonna go talk to the dwarves? Yes. Grimton, you find yourself in the dwarf camp at the tent belonging to the Ormains. Oh, now I can have the opportunity to retry a Scottish accent, a <laughs> oh, Dwarven accent, instead of going Irish. I think it worked.
4: Grimton, you're back. I'm back. And we need to discuss telling the rest of the dwarves what we talked about last night. About the Aye, coming battle with the Tempestos. What
1: do you have in mind? Eric brings his voice in low as to keep the general populace from from hearing your thoughts. Uh, but So what do you have in mind?
4: Is there... Do you guys congregate ever in this camp? Do you have a way of rounding everyone up? I
1: we do, we have a bell.
4: I think the best recourse is to just tell them what's about to happen, to ask that anyone who is able help with either fortifying the camps with producing weapons, armor, whatever we can, and castments. And everyone who does not want any part of this is free to leave, of course. I was to tell them, and those who choose to remain, if you'll have me, I would like to lead in prayer.
1: Aye. Right. And, uh, do you want me to do that right now?
4: The earlier the better.
1: You better get on it then. Uh, While well, it's still daylight. Uh, While well, it's still dawn, I mean. <laughs> he stands up and walks a few feet. You and Briston follow him over to a large triangle, what would be traditionally considered like a dinner bell sort of triangle. He takes the... is it, Stephen? is it called a hammer or a beater? Oh, I I I use a beater. A beater. Because it's a small, thin beater. It's a beater. Not a hammer? Okay. Yeah, he... he, uh, Triangle uh, hammer? (laughs) The triangle hammer. That would be very dwarven, wouldn't it? (laughs) Uh, Like a And as fun as that would be, uh, you see him take off a (laughs) wee triangle hammer, which is very small and made out entirely of metal, and the hammer tip at the very end is purely uh, decorative because he doesn't even use it when he... uh, sticks his hand right in the middle and goes uh, and it, it rings out slowly you watch as uh, the r- refugees from her dearth gather around the Ormain brothers and you those of you from Delve Deep a remember Gremton steady hand of the clan steady hand
4: thank you Herrick. dwarves brothers or... and sisters from her dearth Displaced here by Grey Thunder and others unfortunes alike, I come to you as a fellow Dwarf. There is a battle coming, it is not one you sought out, but it is one that has found you. And as such, those unwilling to fight alongside their Dwarves and their undwarven brethren, non-Dwarven brethren are free to go. But those of you who choose to stay, I say. You'll be protected by the guiding force of Moradin, the Dwarf Father, the Soul Forger, and Bahamut, the Justice Maker. This a battle that is not our own, but rather to protect those who are just like us, displaced and homeless by a force they could not control. So now, though you may not be able to wield an axe, you can still help. You're going to need castaments, armaments, Bows and arrows aplenty for those of us who can fight. As I have said before already, this is not a battle for all of you, and those of you that would like to leave are more than welcome to. Those of you who stay, you will find many brothers and sisters among you on the other camp. So at this point, I guess I like uh, bring out my hilt, which has been my praying symbol so far and i bow my head mm-hmm. and i say i pray now to our dwarf father moradin and bahamut that our blades will strike true that our armor is impenetrable and that no harm should fall on any dwarf here who chooses to stay and fight for their brothers and sisters Arum. 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 Arum.
1: Shows you where the Weavers Guild is, and it's a lot smaller of a building than the one that you encountered in, in Havenmere, and certainly smaller than the one in uh, the Azure Keep. You remember that Havenmere had like a full tower with uh, like an astronomy telescope looking up into the Astral Sea and all that. This is like a short, squat. Looks like it was a watch watchtower from uh, something a long time ago. It doesn't like reach up even above the the pine trees but it is there and you walk in the door yeah and elven wizard with old looking eyes approaches you and says hello hello what can i help you with i need uh i need some scrolls of sending okay um i haven't seen you here before are you a weaver i am i show him the id card (laughs) he takes your id card and he goes over to the magical database to the magical database and looks you up ah dude yes um all your dues are paid. It looks like your your membership is... Uh, you, your month is almost up. Would you like to renew now in advance? Uh, I'll, I'll renew ne- on my next visit. On your next... Okay. <laughs> this is Joe. Okay. I don't have any money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he goes into uh, the library and fetches some like how many how many scrolls of sending do you need uh two we'll give you three just in case since you're a member oh thanks yeah you bet you pay dues for a reason <laughs> okay so he he gives you these Three scrolls ascending. Also, while you're in there waiting on him, you notice a, a couple of uh, weavers. Uh, they're like sitting on a couch or something uh, who look rough and as if they've been traveling. And in fact, one of them has like a blanket sleeping uh, sleeping pad like rolled out onto the floor in front of the fireplace. The other one is sleeping on the couch. Give me an intelligence check. Wisdom saving throw, I think. Not a saving throw, just a check. Uh,
3: 15.
1: Based on what you've been told, you can assume that these are probably the two guys who who are planning on running whatever it is that Leovold, that Leovold has collected for the keepers up to the Azure Keep. You can also assume that, like, based on the temporariness of their situation, that they are not from Letrus themselves, but have, like, come down from the Azure Keep or from Havenmere or from somewhere uh, to, to do this job, and are there runners for hire based on your knowledge of uh, the guild systems and all that like th- the keepers paid the weavers to make sure that these two are here now to run whatever leovold's got back up to uh, presumably the azure keep gotcha um, and eventually the unnamed guild hall leader comes back with three scrolls of sending awesome
3: i'd also like to ask if they have any books about transporting a person or helping someone travel faster anything of that nature that could be helpful in this situation
1: where are you trying to get to and when i'm
3: trying to get someone here as quickly as possible preferably before four days from the border of the, the northern border of the watch forest
1: well i mean if, if they have access to money and access to another weaver's guild they could theoretically pay enough to the guild for us to transport them here via portal but that is not a regular th- service that we provide and w- would cost quite a lot those uh, those materials um, the ritual components that would need to create a gate between the two could be gathered certainly uh, but would be difficult to come across but if with enough coin, anything can happen. Do you have an estimate on cost? Uh, he gives you an estimate on cost. Okay. It is very expensive. And not something that like any one person might have unless they are like privately wealthy.
3: Yeah, gotcha.
1: Now, governments, however, would certainly have that money. Yeah, yeah. Especially if the government would deem it a worthy cost. I, I'm already formulating plans, Joe. I gotcha. sir are you ready for this prayer or this speech
2: oh uh i was muted because i talked to myself yes
1: that that is something you do <laughs> we'll cut to morlinde and Alric and the other warden scouts and the elders Cyanadel and fall as you stand in front of the crowd of gathered protected remnants all with their their ashen line across the top of their cheekbones um Morlinda, you have the floor.
2: Fellow protected remnants, after our travels and everything we've experienced on the way to Letras, I'm so thankful to see you, the faces of my people, my family, who remain faithful to the peace and the preservation of Isatalos even so far from home. However, I come bearing terrible news. A radicalized force made up of even some of our brothers and sisters, which pains me, is traveling from the Rock of Visions with the intent to destroy us because we decided to remain peaceful upon fleeing Isatalos. I see fear on many of your faces and you are wise to be afraid. But I remain hopeful for a handful of reasons. The first is that I believe the spirits of our forest long for peace and balance as much as we do. Seeing people misplaced as we have been is not balance, and it is not what the forest moves towards. And the injustice of it all, wandering around the forest is not where we are supposed to be. East Italians are meant to be rooted, and we will be rooted. And I know that the spirits want to push us in that direction. And so I I believe that they're going to support us and take care of us and let us have a new home soon. And the second reason that I remain hopeful, even though these forces are coming at us and they're coming at us soon, is that every single person here can do something to defend ourselves against that incoming injustice and move Isetalis to growing new roots somewhere soon. I'm calling everyone who is able to arms. So many of us are more than proficient archers with practice and hunting or in sport. If you feel like that is you, I'm calling you, I'm begging you to please help, to please bolster our forces, to please defend your family. If you are unable to, or you do not feel well equipped to join that force, there's so much to do. The Zealots will be here in four nights, and there's much preparing to do. I know that we have the craftsmen and the skills to do all of the things that need to happen we need bows made we need all sorts of archery supplies weapons and fortification need to be made armor needs to be crafted there's so much to do to prepare ourselves for what is coming and so right now before I pray what I'm asking of all of us is to do something as much as you can to protect your family and begin a new Isatala somewhere else. Even if we can't quite make it back to the old one, we're still here together and it's time to take care of each other and protect each other where we are. And with that call to arms, I'm asking all of us to go ahead and, to go ahead and pray to the spirit blood cousin. And I'm, I'm calling on blood cousin because um, he is the spirit of new ideas and collaboration and growth, and right now, I know that is exactly what we need, and I know that is exactly the direction that the forest is pushing us. So...
1: Um, I'm going to roll a uh, d20 mm-hmm. to figure out how they're reacting to your speech, and I should have done this with, with Grimton and the dwarves, but good news, it was an 18.
2: Nice! Okay. I was like, God damn it, if I wrote all that stuff and you rolled like a two, I've been really, really pissed.
1: Alright, you can roll a persuasion check if you want.
2: No, I'm good. Blood cousin, I'm calling on you now, in Isatala's greatest time of need. It's funny that the Great Fire wasn't our time of need, but I believe that this moment of separation and of conflict, we must resolve it with our brothers and sisters. And I know that you are the spirit who's going to bring us those new ideas and that growth in order to have that resolution. And so please watch over every East Italian in the protected remnant and bolster their bravery, bolster their innovation, and let us grow together and be brave together and create together the start of what is new Isatalos. I know this is right for the forest, I know this is right for us, and I'm ready to make it happen together with my family here, and with you too, Blood Cousin. And with that plea to you, Blood Cousin, let's get to work.
1: Yeah. Ea, The elders reply. And Eeyah, you hear echoed across the protected remnants. Thank you.
2: Thank you. So Finley, sorry, Newman, I was like wiping off this nasty, slimy carrot. Can you eat carrots if they're slimy?
1: I mean, if you put it in your mouth and chew.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna not. Anything eat slimy is
0: food carrots. if you try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> so what's fun about that joke is you can put any word in there, like anything is blank if you try hard enough. And I love doing that. I stole that joke from my roommate Chris and his favorite version of that is anything is a dildo if you try hard enough.
1: Yep. Can I put that in the back of the episode? Or I d- should Joe has I have
4: to, to edit that out?
3: out? Uh, what do you guys think?
4: <laughs>
1: I think? I think anything's a dildo if you try you're
2: hard enough. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> agrees. I, look, here's, here's
0: my thought on it. If any of my students have made it this far in the podcast, they
1: deserve it's to
2: true. hear me say the word
0: they dildo.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true. And you're moving schools anyway, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> you can have a new life where they have no idea that you have and a then podcast and you dildo once okay twice
0: <laughs> anyway so um, yeah, dungeons
1: and dragons dildos now, and dungeons. now I'm looking around my room trying to <laughs> dungeons and
2: dildos <laughs>
1: I love Joe, are it. You, are you that's trying? Our, that's our new spinoff co- podcast. Are you, are
0: you imagining hard enough, like, exactly
1: how anything <laughs> could enough. be that if you try? <laughs> I'm looking around my room, like, everything is bed if you try hard enough. Everything is dresser when you try hard enough. Everything is lamp when you try hard enough. Ooh, this is a good one. Everything is candle when you try yeah, hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> anything can
0: be a candle if you try hard enough. In fact, you don't have to try that hard to turn anything into a candle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay let's play D. <laughs> let's play dungeons and dildos yes that's a different game <laughs> like that's why we think, should change our think Twitter about that, handle that pairing of
2: Advantage, words. Advantage Dungeons and Dildos. I'm just
0: like, think oh, of, I am. Think about that pairing of words and like what that would entail.
2: Exactly. And what
0: a
1: delight! <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'm glad we got
2: <laughs> quality
1: content there, guys. For the audience, for the audience, the the, the reason we're laughing uh, is because Kit uh, in in the Skype chat <laughs> just commented. My Friday night?
2: <laughs>
1: Heyo. Heyo. Good for you, Kit.
2: Another 3,000 people followed Cyanidell and went to the rock of, I just about called it the rock Digents. of ages, and I knew that wasn't right. They went to the rock of- Don't be <laughs> Zach.
0: I was <laughs> hoping for somebody to do it so I mm. could break in a song.
2: No. Um, do it. Do it. Do no. it. Do it out All of sight. <laughs>
0: left for me, you know if this goes well, we could have an extended siege, so like we'll need food uh. um, <laughs> Great. that's an optimistic Yay. viewpoint, but um, <laughs> optimistic
3: <laughs> is we have a siege
0: uh well, no, look, I do wanna say this
4: okay, our room.
2: Oh. Yeah, you're supposed to give us a cue. I like it. Can we do it again without me giggling?
1: P.S. membership dues for the Weaver's Guild are only like two and a half gold, so like 25 bucks. Cool. And you get access to this shit, so stay updated. I will. I have zero gold. Just saying. You know that you, that like last time you paid 900 US dollars. Yeah. To reinstate your membership. Okay, okay. I, Joe. <laughs> just con- like, I'm concerned for I, you, Zach. You have a history. I just, <laughs> what do you expect me to do at this moment with
3: zero gold on my person?
2: Yeah. And. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. or let me let me you, wait, yeah, hold on. You were... like... I, I hate ending I hate ending tires with <laughs> yeah. this stupid thing.